Welcome back, Mystery Maniacs, to another fun-filled episode of the Mystery Machine Diaries. Uh, I am your host, Brad Taylor. Joined with me uh, at the hip, it seems, is my co-host, a pup named... It's me, Chris. It is Chris. And uh, on the keyboards, we have rocking out to our theme song is the meddling producer, Daniel. (laughs) So uh, here we are again. Thanks for coming back. To another uh, episode of the Mystery Machine Diaries. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Cracked ourselves up. So welcome back, folks. We are back for another fun-filled week. We hope you listened to our very special episode with the incredible Victor Cook. Our good friend, Mr. Cook. Is he our good friend now? (laughs) Well, sure. I mean, if you agree to uh, come on our podcast and let us interview you, I'd consider you a friend. All right. I don't know if he would, but I do. Okay. Sold. <laughs> but uh, we are getting once again back into the mystery machine uh, and uh, taking a trip to uh, 2010. Some of you are old enough to remember that, I would hope. I hope you. It's not that long ago. Nine Almost years. Almost 10 years. Almost 10. Someday they'll listen to this and it'll be 2040 and they'll be listening to this podcast. Scooby-Doo archivists of the future digging through the, the back history. Solving the mystery of the mystery Resolving the, the, the mystery of what happened to us at the end of this podcast. Well, it's no mystery that we do go through episode by episode of Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, a series that uh, ran for two seasons in 2010 on Cartoon Network. Follow along with us. Chris, where can they find the show? Uh, you can find the show online through the uh, the Boomerang app, um, which is run by Cartoon Network. You can buy it on many of your uh, streaming streaming platforms. Um, you know, check Amazon, Google, Google that kind of thing. Might be worth the Google. Might be worth the Google. Um, I think some of it's on YouTube too, but we do encourage you to uh, do it the right way. Do kids. it the right way. Pay for the app, or um, even. Is there a DVD available? There are DVDs There's available. There's DVDs available, so yeah. there you go. You can even get it on a permanent uh, hard format that you can take with you, leave to your kids eventually. That's what they did in 2010. <laughs> you had DVDs. to get DVDs. That's right, before the streaming revolution. And where can they find uh, us online, Chris? Uh, you can find us online on Facebook and Instagram at uh, Mystery Machine Diaries. You can also find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Anchor.fm, and on Spotify. That's a lot of places. We're all over the place. We, we sure are. <laughs> that van got a lot of miles That's on right. it. That's right. And uh, we are here once again to uh, illuminate the world of Scooby-Doo for you, the Scooby-verse. As uh, I'm now calling the it. The Dooniverse? That would be Scooby Doom. Scooby-Dooniverse? Scooby-Dooniverse. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. We'll vote. Uh, Scooby News. Scooby News. Sitting in front of me is a brand new lunch bag that I got from Box Lunch that says Scooby Snacks on it. It looks like a paper bag, but it is not. It's a very durable bag. Uh, and I've put everything but my lunch in there. It's very this cute. Point. And speaking of Scooby Snacks, my friend, I know you had something you wanted to share with us. Is there a Scooby Snack for me in the lunch bag? Um, or did you just set an empty lunch bag in front of me as if you were going to give me a snack? Oh, okay. That's okay. Empty promises, my friend. <laughs> empty promises. But yes, yeah, speaking of Scooby Snacks, I'm finally ready to bring you my first Scooby-Doo cocktail, and we are going to start with the classic... That some of you may remember from uh, your your younger days as this They're is only a very 10. sweet drink. Okay, well, if you are an adult, maybe you've had this. If you are a kid, maybe you can have this in a few years. But uh, we're going to start with the Scooby Snack cocktail. It's called uh, Scooby Snack. And uh, it is often, usually served as a shot. Uh, although you can go ahead and double the proportions that I'm going to give you and turn it into more of like a martini. Just and I will. Class. Yeah, and you will. It's very, it is sweet. Um, it is a kind of retro throwback mystery machine green color. Ooh. And it's quite tasty. I made these for uh, a, a bunch of people recently, and it was a hit. So um, it's very easy. 
So take your uh, cocktail shaker, or at least just a big glass filled with ice, and you're going to add one part Midori, which is a, a melon liqueur, bright green melon liqueur, one part Malibu rum, a splash of pineapple juice, and mm, a little a bit of whipped splash. cream. That's right. Mix all of that together. Give it a good solid shake. Uh, pour that out into your shot glass on top with another dollop of whipped cream, and there you go. You got yourself a Scooby snack. Um, I can so, vouch for the yumminess of said drink, as I was one of the people that tried the concoction. Uh, a few of them, actually. Yeah, I went through a few <laughs> different versions. So um, I recommend about three-quarter ounce Midori, three-quarter ounce Malibu, and about a half ounce pineapple juice. Um, whipped cream to taste, you just want like a little bit out of your can of Ready Whip into the cocktail shaker, and then enough to top when you're done. Uh, the most important thing is one-to-one Midori and uh, Malibu, and then however much pineapple. If you are lactose intolerant, we also made a dairy-free version. So go ahead and skip the whipped cream. Oh. Uh, mix as normal, except add about a half ounce of whipped cream vodka. Oh, um, sold. A lot of different companies make that. It doesn't have quite the same punch, but everyone was still pretty happy with it, and I think it's a very, very close approximation. It was good. And uh, now that you're all totally sloshed. Yeah, so go ahead and pause here. Mix yeah. up a couple of those. And Remember come to come back, back to the podcast. Yes. Remember uh, what you were doing. And uh, yeah, I'd love to hear on the Instagram and the Facebook if you try this recipe out. Um, let me know what you think. And uh, if you have any uh, ideas of how you modified it or uh, ideas for new cocktails, um, maybe we'll feature something else on the show later. Oh, also check the Instagram and the Facebook for this recipe. We will be posting um, the, yes, drink, we will. the drink there so you can see pictures of what it's supposed to look like and, Someone uh, has a case and of pictures of what it ends up looking like after you've had three or four and try to make another one. And as always, drink responsibly, kids. Yes, thank you. Absolutely. A message from the Mystery Machine Diaries. And now back to our regular scheduled program. We are on episode six for those of you keeping track. Uh, and hopefully you are. Hopefully you're listening in order because uh, that's sort of important to the show. Uh, chrono- chronologically, uh, it is an overreaching mystery, but mix and match all you want. As long as you're listening. That's all Daniel wants. That's the important thing. But it'll make more sense if you go in order. And the episode is called uh, Episode 6, The Legend of Alice May. Ooh. <laughs> and uh, the director... Is none other than our new friend, our great friend Victor Cook. <laughs> great friend, he's by the end will be engaged uh, of this <laughs> podcast. Um, I'm going to start this off by saying this is one of my favorite episodes of the entire series. So a little bias here, spoilers. Yeah, but uh, great episode. Whether especially if you're a classic Scooby Doo fan, if you're a fan of a uh, Scooby Doo, where are you? And you've never seen the show. This is the this is the episode for you. And uh, the episode basically involves um, a ghost girl who is kidnapping boys uh, from school dances. Haunted prom. Ah, and uh, Fred could be her next target. But we start out with a black limousine pulling up to a Crystal Cove house uh, where we meet Randy. And Ra- <laughs> Randy's getting ready to go to the prom. And we see his parents who... Uh, they look a little familiar. They, they, they look a little familiar. They may look a lot like uh, the parents from that '70s show, especially the dad. He's a spitting image of Red. The dad is with a attitude. Dead they don't. They don't do the voices uh, exactly, but the but the, the dad, dad has gruff. the attitude. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they send their son off to uh, prom, not knowing that he will soon be kidnapped by a ghost girl. I think that's most parents' assumption of what. They're getting their children. It's true. This this might be a deeper metaphor than I'm really seeing. Uh, But yeah, the terrifying ghost girl uh, speeds off and we're off on our mystery. Uh, The the monster of the week is Alice May, who we'll find out is uh, no stranger to Mystery Incorporated. That's right. Uh, We cut to Vincent Van Gogh. Finally, finally, we get our first glimpses of uh, Vincent Van Gogh. if it's if a you, if you the vampire slayer apparently if, if, in if this you've uh, heard movie. our friend Chris uh, attempting to watch the 13 ghosts of Scooby Doo you know that our favorite part <laughs> of that show is Vincent Price as Vincent Van Gogh absolutely and here he is a character he's basically playing Vincent Price and uh Scooby and Shaggy and uh they're watching him on a movie 
and we'll see a lot of him throughout the series. But yes, he's definitely a vampire slayer in this as we uh, see a at least seven dead ladies uh, on the ground who are vampires. He stakes a vampire and gives us a great one-liner sort of uh, suck on that suckers, blood suckers, (laughs) something like that. It's pretty good. That is my best Vincent Van Gogh impression uh, also, by the way. That that turned out weird, but uh, it was like Hollywood Squares all of a sudden. (laughs) Uh, And of course, sadly, Vincent Price is no longer with us. uh, Rest in peace. But uh, hopefully he's watching us. Uh, so uh, Vincent Van Gogh is voiced by a voice actor named Maurice LaMarche. Uh, thank you, Maurice LaMarche. You do a very good Vincent Van Gogh. And uh, you've all you kids out there in uh, Cartoon Land have heard him throughout your lives. Uh, he was Destro in G.I. Joe. Oh, nice. And uh, he was Pinky from Pinky oh, and the Brain. Oh, hey. Awesome. But he is... Nerf! <laughs> he has done... Sh- if you... Once again, we, we encourage you to IMDb these folks like we did, and you'll see he has a laundry list of uh, acting credits, voice acting credits, and he does an amazing, it's not quite a Vincent Price impression, but it's a great homage, uh, and really, once again, one of my favorite episodes, it's a great introduction to him, we will see him several, he is part of the mythology now. I can't wait. Uh, Scooby goes to the kitchen, and uh, Shaggy's attacked by Velma, who is insisting they go to the prom together. In the middle of Vincent Van Gogh movie marathon week, no yes. less. And, uh, of course, Shaggy is still hiding the fact that they are together, that Velma and Shaggy are together from Scooby, because Scooby will be very jealous. And Velma is insisting that they come out. <laughs> they, they are not being subtle anymore. Uh, that they come out as a couple <laughs> and prom night. Pro- that will be their official debut as a couple. So that that we still have uh, Velma being kind of a bee. Yeah. She's ramping up her uh, her attitude. And uh, I will just tell you this, hold in for one more episode, and uh, things are about to change a little bit. I'm a little more okay with her um, being so pushy around prom, because it's prom, and prom's a big deal to a lot of people at that age. Yeah. It seems super, super important when you're 16, 17. Here's the thing I love about prom episodes of anything is it's always so nebulous. You could be a sophomore or a junior and still go to prom. When I was in high school in 1928, uh, <laughs> prom was only for seniors. Yes, we don't know what uh, age group they are. Well, I think it depends on the school. I went to a really small high school, so anyone could go to prom. Because if it was only juniors and seniors, there would have been no one there. So, you know. With, at the rate that Crystal Cove kids get uh, killed, abducted, and murdered, maybe that's what they have to do just to make sure there's a good showing. Well, that's true. Yeah. That's true. It's very Sunnydale, very Buffy the Vampire yeah, Slayer rules. Yeah. And this episode is very Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It is. Because uh, it's a lot of teen angst. A lot of teen angst in high school uh, shenanigans mixed with Monster of the Week. So, And most of it centers around the lovely Daphne, which my favorite character, so... Once again, lending itself to being one of my favorite episodes. But now we see prom season, as we mentioned, is around the corner, and Daphne wants Fred to go to prom with her. And uh, But she can't just ask him. She wants to. She wants him to ask her, which, you know, which is a very classic right. prom episode trope. And uh, before all that can happen, there's a new student at school. The beautiful, the mysterious Alice, Alice May. May. Alice May can't get her locker open, but uh, good old Fred is there to save the day because the tumbler lock in those school, in those school lockers is pretty easy to undo very quickly. He doesn't quite Fonzie it open, but uh, she's still quite impressed at his uh, combination lock skills. And the lovely Alice May looks a lot like one Gwen Stacy from the Spider-Man universe. Yeah, she really does. Complete with her uh, retro blonde hair and mm-hmm. her headband. And her go-go boots. I do like her outfit a lot. The green, the was the green and black striped top, and the go-go boots yes. works for her. And uh, she is definitely a contrast to Daphne, especially when they're both together because they both have headbands and a lot like our good friend Rung Latterton was to Fred a yes. few episodes before. And everyone's meh ghost rig episode. <laughs> uh, but uh, Alice May is a new kid in town, and Fred seems to be taken by her. Yeah, Fred's, Fred seems kind of smitten almost immediately. 
and something I never and she's, had. And she's pouring it on thick. She with, is with him too. It's she's calling very him my my knight in shining armor, and oh, I'm going to like it at this school. Ooh. With that chest, I would too, man. That Fred yeah. Fred's chest, not hers. It's, uh, <laughs> um, I mean, maybe I guess she's got a stripes aren't anyone's friend uh, in a dress. <laughs> Uh, let's edit that uh, part uh, out. I'm just okay? gonna let him drown on Thanks. that one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and something I never had at my school before prom. Uh, they have an assembly. They have an assembly with the mayor and uh, the sheriff, who uh, alerts them to the ghost girl. And you think it might be a, a, a pre-prom, like you know, everyone don't behave, do don't Kids. spike the punch, act responsibly. But no, it's just straight up the sheriff being like, "Don't get abducted by this ghost <laughs> girl." I didn't know you could do that good of uh, an impression. I've been working on it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he's one of my favorites. It's all those drinks we've had. <laughs> uh, and uh, they're all sitting down, and once again, my eagle eyes spotted in the assembly one of the Chan Clan kids. In, oh, in, really? Right behind uh, Shaggy. Oh, I missed that. And um, there's a few more people I'm still trying to figure out in the audience that I think are also Scooby-verse uh, people okay might have to go rewatch. Of course, you'll have to well, I mean, yes, yeah, okay, but and who sits down next to uh, Velma and Shaggy? But uh, Fred and he brought with his new lady friend in tow, Miss Alice, Alice May. May. And Daphne's having none of it. She's she is, not happy. She is pressed and triggered by uh, by this new couple. They're the new. It. They're so hot right now. They are. Alice, what would you call Alice and Fred? Fralis, Phallus, that doesn't no. sound good at all. Oh, no. Um, Fred May. <laughs> oh, that's not good. Aled. We'll work on that. It's a work in progress, folks. <laughs> they don't, they, maybe, maybe just Fred just and happen. Alice, they don't get a very good. They're no Brangelina. Well, not yet. And uh, we have Jealous Daphne cut to her at the Crystal Cove School uh, High School Library at night. Oh, she gets a very like sassy dig back into... Fred about wanting to work on the mystery because she doesn't want to be left clueless, and yeah, and Scooby Doo seems to be the only one picking up on this um, social Shade. subtext, <laughs> which is interesting because Scooby Doo has no idea that his best friend and Velma are dating. He can't pick up on that, but he is all about the shade that Daphne's thrown Fred's way. Well, you know, you never see what's right in front of you. Yeah, no, I get it. He's 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 too close to the uh, the Fred Velma situation. We all are, really. But yeah, we uh, have uh, Daphne doing some sleuthing by herself. She wants to uh, find about uh, the Crystal Cove couple that uh, we've been seeing throughout the show. Uh, remember, Daphne's found a locket that has mm-hmm. uh, a, a guy and a girl in it, and it plays a mysterious tune. And we found... Um, we, all we know so far is that this relates to the, the missing teenagers. And then we found out and there that are... These mis- are two of the missing teenagers in the locket, but we don't really know much else. Mr. E has uh, sent them some clues, one being newspaper article that's right. been cut up that speaks about missing teens. And a cut up, and Daphne has a, a map with a bunch of locations uh, that are also that are all cut, cut out. out. So she and has she's a, hanging out in this beautiful, beautiful huge library. library. <laughs> That's attached By to the herself. school. It's the school library. Um, this is a well-funded school. Property values in Crystal Cove must be pretty high. And uh, it, it's at night, and there's only one little light desk light she's using. And suddenly, of course, it goes out, and there's a mysterious figure running around the library. The silhouette looks pretty familiar, in case you haven't already figured out who the villain of this episode is. Maybe they haven't. I wasn't going to say. I'm just That's saying. Good. It's another hint. Maybe, maybe they haven't. It's another hint. Maybe they've had, once again, maybe they've, they're have they trying your drink out right now. Oh, that's right. Go Okay, go have another Scooby <laughs> snack. And come and back. And now come back. Oh, watch the episode and then come back. You know what? You do you. Yeah. Whatever order you want to do this in. We're all about uh, freedom here at the Mr. Machine Diaries. You do you, folks. Uh, let your freak flag, flag fly, as, as some would say. <laughs> we'll edit that out, too. <laughs> Uh, as everyone's shaking their head, they will not, but that's fine. Uh, Daphne is being chased, and a bunch of bookshelves fall. Yeah, they, the, the whoever's in the library tries to kill her, pushes a huge bookshelf over, tries to get her. But Daph is doing some good Buffy moves, and she uh, n- nearly avoids getting squished. Duck, dive, and dodge. She goes to the ladies' locker room, which is very close to the bathroom, which is close to the library, which is good. 
and uh, she goes to wash her face, and she sees the and she looks up. She sees the shadow of the the the, the ghost girl. Yes, but then when the lights turn on, who is it? It's Alice. It's May. Alice May. It's Alice May. And uh, what is Alice May doing in the locker room in the middle of the night? You may ask. Well, she, well, she's been showering. That's right. Because the shower has been turned on, we 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 see the water she, dripping. Right. She doesn't have the the uh, water she's not hasn't wet. been turned on at her new house yet, because she's new to town. So, well played, Alice May. Well played. I guess that's a typical thing. You get move in first before the water's turned on. You know, maybe actually that's happened. I think. Okay. Producer Daniel is shaking his head. Yeah. He's saying, yeah, maybe. All He's right. Like, Sometimes all right. I turn go, it off. I'll go on with it. it. Too. I'll go with it. Sometimes you don't pay the bill. <laughs> Those go-go boots aren't cheap. Um, so now um, our good friend Daff is even more convinced than ever she is. Alice May is the ghost girl, and she uh, pretends to leave the school, but she's really watching Alice May go to the basement. She's got her own key to the basement and skulks down Didn't there. you? My school when didn't have a school? basement. Really? I don't think so. Unless there was a secret basement that I never snuck into. Neither did mine. Mine was basically on a swamp. So if there was a okay, yeah. yeah. See, and we're here in California where there are no basements because of earthquakes. So yeah, no, no, no basements. My school literally sank. It literally sank, guys. Wait, literally? <laughs> yeah, they had to. It's gone now. Not because it's, the whole thing sank. It didn't. No, they they replaced it. They they. Replace the whole school? Yeah, they moved the school. This is a whole other pod- podcast. It's like I, Poltergeist. I need, I need they they, they only moved the headstones. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was haunted too by the ghost of my past. <laughs> uh, all right, um, and we're back. Cutting to K-Ghoul, everyone's favorite radio station, K-Ghoul. And Teen Hangout. And Teen Hangout that has a nondescript video game that Shaggy is playing. It's just the monitor... And, the and there's only a joystick. There's no buttons. He's but there's just, no buttons. It just kind of looks like he's looking at the wall. But okay. That's and they are discussing uh, the mystery of the day. And uh, our good friend Angel Dynamite has uh, used her computer to find lots of missing uh, men. From uh, apparently, this uh, ghost girl has been abducting young men for since, a long since time. Since like what do they say, 1902 or something? Right? Yeah, the, the early, early 1900s for her man posse. That's which, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Miss Dynamite posits that the ghoul's building a man posse. A man posse. Which, I mean, if you were going to abduct good-looking young men, I mean, wouldn't that be the reason to do it? And they're not really good-looking. Um, I'll post a picture of of the, the of the screens that she's looking at, and they're all oldie timeies and all different shapes and sizes and roundy. Hey, she, you know, diversity is an yeah, important thing. She's know. she's building a, a good uh, variety. <laughs> it's the spice of life I right know. here. Oh, here comes a kitty friend. We have a Our black cat that's jumped on the table right now. She's come to join the podcast. It's Luna friend. Our resident uh, kitty, Luna. Hi. Hi, Luna. She's having none of our podcast. Sorry, she's a little distracting. She's adorable. Once again, we'll post pictures. Uh, now, Daphne, once again, Ever the Sleuth, has got the address to Alice May's house. Because she opened her locker she and got broke it. She her locker. <laughs> and who just keeps her address in their locker? Well, she's new to town. Maybe she doesn't remember her address. So she so just to keeps write it pa- all over. Paper. She writes it all over in, in makeup and yeah, lipstick. Maybe her parents like pinned a note onto her so she knew how to get home. <laughs> she's not special. Um, but uh, basically, Fred, uh, before, uh, before they fi- find out where the address is, Fred lets it loose that he is taking... Alice made of the prom. Bump, this bump, would be bump. where you'd play Jeepers or Jinkies. <laughs> Jinkies! Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and uh, obviously Daphne's not happy about this. She is not. Which uh, spurs her to grab Velma, Scooby, and Shaggy to go find Alice May's home, which happens to be the Crystal Cove Cemetery. Jinkies! Too little, too late, producer Daniel. <laughs> this, I was going to say this Mickey Mouse show. We're trying. Whoa. We're trying. This Scooby-Doo show. We are trying. Very trying. And by the way, producer Daniel wants us to be on YouTube. So uh, we might take this show to the visual route 
So you know you're in for some good times ahead uh, with this high-quality podcast. <laughs> oh, but uh, Chris is cute, so that'll be good. I try. Daniel's cute, too. I don't know if we'll see him on the... He's rubbing his belly, but uh, he has a cute tummy. But that's for another podcast. So they're at the cemetery, and they get uh, they split up. Because they're sleuthing around, because of course they split up. Daphne says, let's split up. And Velma doesn't think it's a good idea until she says that... Uh, that Daphne's going to take Scooby, and Shaggy and uh, Velma can go on their own, which <laughs> Velma wastes no Jumps time. Jumps right on. She yeah. grabs Shaggy and runs to the cemetery, and she's uh, quizzing and pressing Shaggy on if they've got, if he's got the limousine, the corsage, if his suit the is ready. prom tickets, are we ready to go, what's the deal? And Shaggy says, oh, I should probably do that. It's like, oh, yeah, those. Things. He's also had a few drinks. <laughs> he has also forgotten. And uh, Velma says, it's okay if you don't want to go. She's like, just tell Red me. If you, don't, if you don't want to go, alert. just tell me. And he's like, oh, my God, thank you so much. What a relief. I don't really want to go. And Velma I don't, goes, I don't know much about girls, but I know that is not a good thing to right? say. Yeah. And she goes so ballistic, she kicks over two headstones. That's she doesn't just kick them over. They come out of the ground and go flying. She summons some sort of internal demon rage strength. And, and once just again, vandalizing the hell out of the Shaggy cemetery. says, oh, I'm just kidding. He's like, oh, just kidding. Of course I want to take you. It's fine. It's fine. Daniel, does that happen a lot? With, with, He's nodding With, with ladies freaking out and you have to quickly turn on a dime and apologize. Yeah, he's he says yes. And I'll believe him. So uh, they're back on again. And which is good for Shaggy's health. I so guess. they're good, and then luckily the whole interaction is cut short by uh, the g- Daphne and Scooby girl. running towards them, chased by the ghost, ghost girl. Or no, they hear a scream. Well, well, I mean, you know, it's all—it's a cemetery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Ghost Girl, um, she she looks pretty familiar, yet uh, not familiar at all. And we'll find out in a second why. She looks zombie-ish. Yeah, she's uh ghoulish looking with uh black hair it's all spiky and weird she has a fun kind of um she looks very hot topic like yeah she looks very hot topic she has she's she's got a fun lacy poofy like halloween dress she's like lydia from beetlejuice kind of yeah but not well put together like the dollar store lydia sure yeah and uh she but she can jump pretty high man she's oh she's she's, she's a leaper all crazy like yeah she's a leaper and uh, the gang, once again, vandalizing the cemetery, knock over headstones and run into, and literally run they into go, They a, go headstone surfing down into the Into a mausoleum. And, uh, they hide in the mausoleum. Which, when being chased by a ghost, I don't know if I would want to go hide in what is basically a ghost factory. <laughs> ghost. The ghost factory I mean, that is where mausoleum. they come from. Yeah, so. It's like a little Play-Doh fun factory where they're <laughs> making ghosts. Exactly. And they find... Um, a tomb like you do when you're in a tomb. Well, they see they see a, a, a name on the tomb, and they recognize the name. Carlswell. As Carlswell, and immediately Shaggy says, that's the creeper. And then the first thing they do is vandalize this tomb and go grave robbing and see what's inside of it. But the Carlswell creeper connection gives us our... Uh, Biggest clue yet. One of our big uh, retro throwback moments it of the does. series, which is really very nice. happy. But... Uh, Oh, yeah. There we go. That's him. Good job, Daniel. Good job. Yes. Like, let's get out of here, like right now. The Creeper was one of the very first Scooby-Doo villains that the gang ever faced. One of the first and finest. And uh, he's like a hunchbacky zombie guy who just says Creeper. Yeah, he's got kind of a, a, a Frankenstein-y kind of vibe to him. And uh, he is unmasked, as they all are, and he's not dead. As Velma says, he's not dead. He's in prison, very much alive. Well, they have uh, they have a nice flashback to how they caught the creeper initially. They do. They knock him and the whole gang into a, a hay baler in a field, and it's, and your it's reaction, a shot for shot your, rework. Your of reaction the was Scooby-Doo. they're all dead. Well, okay, That's if what he you fell said. into like a thresher <laughs> hay baler piece of equipment. One hundred percent dead. Although I did see a YouTube video of this guy jumping into one of those and making it out the other end, stuck in a hay bale. Was his like head sticking cartoon. out? Just like his legs were, and then he runs around as a hay- bale of hay, and then like hits something and falls over. It's pretty amusing. 
Maybe Thanks, we'll Google. Po- Maybe we'll post that video, too. Yeah, we'll too. see if I can find that. But or yes, if I'm just making this up. But It um, is a brilliant near-shot-for-shot uh, replication of that scene, except one thing is missing. What's that? In that creeper, it's called Jeepers, it's the Creeper, if you want to look up Great the episode. Title. And um, Scooby has a little friend in that episode, his little chick. This little chick, he kind of adopts Scooby-Doo throughout the episode. Oh, cute. And I'm not sure, I mean, they just get, they just left it out, but it's a big part of the episode, but it's vanished. But this is, once again, new Scooby-verse. Scooby, what are we calling it? New you, new do. Scooby-Dooniverse. The Scooby-Dooniverse. And... Um, Oh, but once again, as a fan of the original, that really uh, made me want to watch even more of the episode than I did before. Yeah, well, and as someone who hasn't seen all of the original episodes, I remember a lot of them. Like, it immediately brought back that part of my childhood. Like, I recognized it right away. It was really cool. And they think they're done for because someone's pounding, and it's Fred. Oh, yeah, someone's not. They think the... the um Ghost Girl's back, but no, it's just Fred barging in. And he's very excited to be in the mausoleum. He's ooh, cool mausoleum. And uh, they've opened the crypt, and inside the crypt there is a creeper mask. Uh-huh. A, uh-huh. And uh, a sandwich for some reason. Mm-hmm. And a school transfer slip. Yes. <laughs> so it's just... Weird assortment of items to leave. to leave behind, but yeah. It's almost like a video game. Like, here's things you need to collect. <laughs> Oh, here's a sandwich. Uh, But the gang is not convinced that Alice May is the creeper or that they even saw the ghost girl. Well, Daphne is one. Daphne is 100%, but she's a little crazy Why would there need to be a mask? This is clearly not a real ghost girl. It must be Alice May. And everyone else is like, well, we can't for sure say it was Alice May. We don't don't know. This is the one time they're not jumping on the paranoia train for some reason. Yeah, exactly. Just because it's poor Daphne. Gaslighting poor Daphne. But uh, now it's prom night. Prom night uh, is very interesting in Crystal Cove. We get a montage of how the gang prepare for uh, said prom night. Oh, everyone's in their cute outfits. Everyone's getting dressed up. Uh, Daphne is sitting on her bed crying. Uh, and with her, a picture of with Fred. With a picture of Fred. And uh, her sister Delilah comes in in her military outfit and talks about storming beaches of Normandy or something. And her, uh, her sisterly advice is pretty obtuse. And yeah, something about her men being picked off one by one and claiming the beach. The and cold, gray hearts of her enemies. And uh, it, 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 it works, though. Daphne, Daphne gets, is inspired she gets by something. it. Yeah. She's, she's trying to figure out who she is in the scenario, but she doesn't she's care. She's the beach and Fred's, I have to save them or whatever it is. She uses she runs it off. as her mantra to get out of there. That's and, right. Uh, Velma, we see Velma in a dress, in front of a mirror, a little, a little uh, lacy number. And it looks like kind of a combination of both her dad's and her mom's outfits. It does. Good call. And uh, her parents are so proud she's wearing a dress. They don't say it. And they take they, pictures. They're and taking it's pictures. obviously very cute. And then as soon as the pictures are taken, she puts her turtleneck on. Over yeah, she's the putting dress. her turtleneck on as they're taking the pictures. Which I mean is sensible. It gets cold in in Crystal Cove. season in Crystal Cove. And Fred uh, is all decked out in a lovely uh, tuxedo. Which I really like his tuxedo jacket. It's just Can a I... version of his regular clothes. Basically. It's the same color palette, but I, I like that jacket a lot. And uh, he steps into his own trap in his, in his bedroom, and he's hanging from the ceiling. And we see all the different bear traps. bear traps and, and, and springboards and a shark and in the background again. Hanging out in his room, yeah. And... Um, Shaggy convinces Scooby that he needs to go out to get sardines. So he, well, he's trying to pull the classic two places in one yes. sitcom maneuver, and so he's watching the Vincent Van Gogh marathon with Scooby, and, and then, oh, I food, need to get yeah. more snacks, and then runs out to catch the limo to go with Velma. He leaps out the window, opens up a suitcase that's in the bushes, and has a changes in the bushes into his tux. Typical shaggy looking tuxedo, just also like you'd a pretty imagine. boss tuxedo, yeah. And uh, Velma grabs him out of the bushes, and they go to the into the limousine. Scooby finds sardines and goes to check on Shaggy and sees the limo driving away, which of course means that he's been kidnapped There's by the, the ghost, ghost girl. girl. And so Scooby, uh, being the good friend that he is, chases after the limo, which is very brave of him. 
that's what happens. Scooby, and, you know, Scooby's kind of known for being the scaredy cat, and he runs after Scooby without a, or runs after Shaggy without a second thought. I thought that was good really on sweet. you, Scooby Doo. Yeah, good on you, Scooby Doo. Fred's coming out of his uh, house, getting ready uh, for prom. He gets tackled by Daphne on his front porch, saying this is their last chance uh, to go to prom together. Alice May has pulled up in the limo. All we see is her leg saying to get into the limo, and Daphne is pleading uh, Fred if they ever if he ever cared about her at all. And then... Uh, it's very, it's a very sweet. It's moment. very sweet and sad. Daphne really lays it all out there, and and, and, and Fred Fred's says, response Why not? is, "Well, going with a friend would be more fun yeah. than going with a date, wouldn't it?" And she's just like, "I'll take, what yeah, I can whatever." Bet. And he goes to tell Alice May, basically breaking up with her, like, "Um, yeah, by the way, I'm just gonna go with Daphne. It's nothing personal, but and so she peels out. She peels off. out on, in does. the in the limo, and looks behind her." And, uh, and Fred's like, thanks for understanding. Oh, He's, I understand all right. Ooh. Yeah, she throws You'll some shit. You'll all yeah. understand. And what I do understand is that their prom has a stupid theme. Does it have a theme? Remember the sign said, this is the prom. There is a big sign behind the band that just says, this is the prom, which I think is actually really fantastic. Like If I could go back to high school and uh, make a new pitch on the prom committee, which I was on, by the way, well, uh, I would 100% right. have pitched, this is this the prom. This is the prom. Yeah. There's a band playing, and I'm a little disappointed, not going to lie. I thought it could be any number of Scooby-Doo ripoff bands. I mean, in, take in, your pick, right? It could have been Jabberjaw, you know, the, the Neptunes. Neptunes, the Chan Clan. We uh, know they go to the school. Um, uh Anybody, Butch Who Cassidy else? and the Sundance Kid. Aren't they all? Aren't, aren't all of them in a band at one point or another? They're all, yeah. Be, yeah. Or it couldn't be Josie and the Pussycats because they were not at that point owned by Warner Brothers. That have still to go through Archie. Still could have been them though. I mean, we, they could have done all kinds of stuff. And yeah. And uh, if you look closely, once again, I like to look at the backgrounds. There are a few. There are three guys at prom. Who uh, are from a '60s, another '60s TV show from Hanna Barbera, about three superheroes called the Impossibles. And this is another one I didn't get. Presenting Frankenstein Jr. at the Impossibles. Ten, nine, eight, seven, There's six, countdown. five, four, three, two, one, go. Oh yeah. It's as groovy as it sounds, kids. I can only imagine cool cats. The Impossibles is is three guys, teenagers, who are a, a band like the Beatles, but they're called the Impossibles. And they have superpowers. So they're also superheroes. Ooh. And they're just you can distinctly see them at prom. One's fat, one's really tall and lanky, and one's kind of in between both. Just like all high school friends. Just like all good friends should be. <laughs> oh, Endomorphic friends. <laughs> uh, so that made me very happy, and that's why I do this show, is uh, when I find fun things like this, it makes it even more fun to report to you folks for a review of the episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, before uh, we see Daphne and Fred dancing together, and Daphne is into it, and before they can kiss, the ghost girl shows up. That's right. She Prom crashing. She crashes the prom because uh, she's chasing Scooby-Doo, actually. And all she's really done so far is show up and cackle, and everyone flees in terror. Well, it is high school. Yeah, fair. She's got the cooties. (laughs) And uh, Ghost Girl claims that she wants to to get Fred, and uh, everyone clears out as Shaggy and Vilma are just getting into the dance. And they're all leaving. And two of the school uh, bully people <laughs> run as they're as they're fleeing. They say, "Yeah, like, some mom is after Fred." Or... I think we get the best line of the episode: "Somebody's mom is trying to kill Fred." <laughs> Thanks for ruining <laughs> prom, mystery geeks. <laughs> You're so good at remembering these it's things. So good. So yeah, there's there's, there's two bullies who they're like the bulk and skull of, yes, uh, of the show. Exactly. They, even one is tall and slender; the other one's rotund. I like coming up with new words for fat kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so now it's on. It's on like Donkey Kong. They're gonna they're gonna set a trap. Full on mystery mode. Full on mystery mode to finally catch the ghost girl. 
and uh, can't lie. Uh, the trap is. is uh-huh. Uh-huh. Fred devises a trap with he, himself as the bait. He did improvise it, to be fair. Ghost Girl returns to the gym, finds Fred waiting at the dance. When she tries to attack him, the gang easily trap her. Why don't they ever try that ever? Yeah, and it's it's actually a pretty solid, no nonsense uh, plan, and <laughs> they enact it very quickly, and it works really well. And and and, ma- and the mayor and the sheriff are right there. Well, they- yeah, I mean. They're uh, cha- the chaperoning prom, right? I don't know. They didn't show them before, but they're there. And what does the mayor say? What's his phrase for the week? Oh, what did he say? I forget what he says. Daisy Fantasy. Daisy Fantasy, Fred. <laughs> Something like that. That's uh, That was his his one, one or two lines of the episode. Yeah. And uh, they kidnapped the ghost girl. Mayor's not happy, but he's, he's okay with it because <laughs> ghost girl was going to kill Daphne, so it's okay. And they unmask the ghost girl. And who is is it? it? It's Alice Alice May, May. a.k.a. Alice. uh, (laughs) Yeah, who is it? The Creeper. The name of the Creeper? Carlswell. Carlswell. Alice Carlswell. And uh, (laughs) we need to work on our little routine here a bit. But yes. uh, I have the notes (laughs) over there. I don't have notes in front of me. It's true. Yeah. the ghost girl's Alice. She confesses that uh, she is the deacon's daughter. Which Deacon we, Carlswell. Deacon Carlswell's daughter, uh, the creeper, and that she wanted revenge on Mr. Inc. because she saw her father go to jail. And ruined her life. And ruined mm-hmm. her life. Pause for a moment for logic on this. She's a little girl when Mr. Inc. is like a year ago, probably in their universe. So she's grown five or six years in a year. Because in the flashback, she's a little kid. In the flashback, she's a little kid, and the mystery gang look like the mystery gang. So it yeah. couldn't have been any more than maybe two, maybe three two or three years, years tops. Yeah. yeah. So, hmm, curious. And also, like, how was this revenge going to play out? Was she just going to murder Fred? Because she's very focused on getting Fred the whole time. Like, was she trying to drive them apart? She was trying to. Yeah. She, Fred was a linchpin of Mystery Incorporated. Okay, so if she murders Fred, then they all fall apart. Yeah. Okay. Which is a sound plan. I suppose. A bit extreme, but well, sure. She's a teenager. I mean, her Hormones. dad was no saint. Right. Like, yeah. Okay. And she's uh, she's taken away by the police, and she's arrested. I mean, no trial or anything. Just bye. Just carted off. She's carted off to Crystal Cove Jail, and uh, something's left behind, though. Her backpack. The gang find her backpack by uh, the mystery machine, and they want to... Give it to the sheriff, but a yearbook falls out. No, I mean, they, again, they just go through her things. Yeah, I mean, they they've just... already broken into her locker and, and, you know, pilfered through her belongings. So well, why I not mean, just steal her backpack? Honestly, Daphne was, li- she just lifted it up and the book happened to fall out. And, and so you might as well leave through you it. You might as well look through the rest of it. I mean, you know. And if we find out that their mascot is the sea urchin for their for their school. That's a fun, that's a fun mascot. I like that. And, uh... The gang open up the yearbook, and what do we see? We get our biggest break in the Mr. E mystery that we have had to date. Ooh. Something's afoot. So we turn to a club page yes. in the yearbook, and who do we see but the missing kids from inside the locket and the rest of their friends? Which we didn't know their names before, and now we know. So now, now we know we, who they are and where they're from. And uh, we have Brad Childs, mm-hmm. like his name. Hey, Brad. Hey. I was Rick, talking to Mr. Childs. Oh, hey. Yeah. Ricky Owens. Hey, Ricky. Uh, Cassidy Williams. Cassidy. Judy Reeves. Judy. And their mascot, Professor, Professor Pericles. He's uh, a cute bird. Because <laughs> you and, have to have an animal friend if you're a mystery-solving group. And the mystery-solving club is called... Mystery Incorporated. And Fred likes that name. Because I guess up until now, they haven't been calling themselves that. I so don't, I don't think they have a name. I don't think we've ever established that, even though the show's called Mystery Incorporated. Right. This is the first time we've heard them actually say Mystery Incorporated. Yeah, Fred says, wow, I like that name. Yeah. So there we go. Uh, but yeah, they have a we have an oldie-timey mystery solving club that went missing. And right, that, so we know. So these are all the missing kids. So yes. we know that they were 
high school students. The guy, the guy and the girl from the locket are Brad Childs and Judy Reeves. Mm-hmm. And Ricky Owens looks a lot like Shaggy. And Cassidy Williams is a lovely African American girl who has glasses and her hair is all pulled back. Uh, a lot like uh, Velma, Velma. Type, yeah, so, and they even comment like, "Oh, they're just like us." Yep. Which, if you're not intrigued yet, that was that's the linchpin, man. I was like, I this is I, a big, this I, is I a watch more. it's a real turning point in in the series. We will see a lot more in this mystery in yeah. the next few episodes, and it gets pretty freaking crazy. Uh, and I was surprised they didn't go with. They could have easily have gone with. Um, once again, another Hanna Barbera cartoon that already existed. You know, oh, it's the Funky Phantom Gang. Oh, that would have been kind of fun. But no, I, I can see why they wanted to do something different and because then they would have had to stick with that one reference throughout the rest of the series. Uh, we'll find out why uh, soon, and uh, it's uh, pretty crazy. Now later that night. We go, but we don't usually see what happens to the bad guys after they're taken away. But we see Alice is She's bailed in out of jail. Mystery uh, bad guy holding cell. She's <laughs> patent pending. Uh, Alice is bailed out by one of Mister E's associates. His name is Ed Machine. <laughs> it's a great name. Uh, Alice confirms. He's, that. he's very much like bald, suited, big lackey. Yeah, like he's, with the yeah. voice of Lex Luthor, I believe. He sounds oh, like it sounds like it. Yeah. I could see that, yeah. And uh, Alice confirms that everything went to plan and that uh, the gang have found the yearbook that she planted. And she also confirms that she's not actually the Creeper's daughter. Nope. She says, oh, and it's going to be a few days before they figure out that that but guy didn't, didn't have, have a, daughter. a daughter. And so then that answers your question about how did this little girl suddenly exactly. catch up to them in high school. And... Uh, She's being uh she's a little bit she's asking questions about why she they went through all that that big scheme just to uh drop a yearbook. Why'd you have me do all that to give a yearbook to some kids and their dog? And he's like, Mr. E my employer, Mr. E's motives are of no concern to you. And then However, <laughs> here are all of his motives. Here's all of his motives. <laughs> and he totally fills you in. Yeah. He tells her she was paid for a job and hasn't earned any explanation, aside from the fact that Mystery believes that the gang must investigate the unsolved disappearance of four youths. And then Alice just is like, okay, She's whatever. Like, okay. <laughs> Money, <laughs> please. She looks a bit We're freaked done. out and gets in the car and leaves. And uh, that is The Legend of Alice May. And in true true Mystery Machine Diary style, we grade each episode on a pause scale with the possibility possibility Pause. of four paws. What say you, Christopher? Okay, can I give this three and a half paws or maybe three paws and a tail? Ow. Yeah, I mean, it's our show. Yeah, yeah. okay, okay. I'm giving this three paws and a tail because... I think this is so far of the episodes that I have seen my favorite episode. This is the highest rating I've given to any episode so far. It's true. The only thing I don't like is we know who the monster of the week is and from the very that. beginning, and I don't like you that. You hate that. And at the the very first scene when the ghost girl abducts the first prom kid, um, they're in the limo, and she's Alice. You see Alice. Oh May, yeah, you hate this. Part and too. she's being all flirty. And then she pulls off the Alice May mask to reveal her ghost girl mask underneath. And so you know right away that this girl, we haven't even, we don't even know that her name is Alice May yet, but you know right away that she's trouble and that she's the villain. And you're so there's more, no mystery. And you're also more upset by the fact that Alice May had to make another mask oh, man. on so, top of the mask. So that she, she made this off. great uh, uh, ghost girl mask out of the creeper mask. And then managed to make a real, a passably realistic enough mask of herself to put on over that mask to pull off and terrify this poor kid. It broke him. It it's, broke. Oh, it's it, a it, lot. It, it broke Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, I, it's very I don't know what face off or like those. Um, it's the, like Mission Impossible. I was going to say the Mission Impossible was very Mission Impossible moment, but it just got me thinking like, wait, she made this mask and another mask over the mask, but the second mask is the same as her face over the mask of the ma- that's not her face, and it's a whole thing. His circuits are Th- fried. These are the things that I think of at night. When I can't sleep, and I guarantee you, this will be keeping me up tonight, <laughs> and hopefully, it keeps all of you up. Uh, 
I didn't mind the mask on mask on the mask, so I gave it four paws. Four paws up. Our first four paws paws up. I love this episode. I love everything about it. I love that it's... uh, you know I love it when it furthers the mystery. We get a lot and this of one really the, laid it out. The, the big main plot, yes, which I like too. Technically, the whole episode is about the overreaching mystery. Right. It's also a very Daphne-centric episode. Uh, it's Daphne. Um, we get some great cameos that you pointed out. I do. We get the flashback to the classic Creeper episode. There's a lot. There's, I mean, all these things I love. It I is love all of this about the episode. The, it's just... It's, 24 minutes of, of, of amazing Scooby-Doo moments. The only thing I don't like yes. is that we know it's Alice May from the very beginning. And the rest of the crew kind of gaslighting Daphne about it a bit, or at least just not believing her. Because Daphne figures it out right away. And they're like, maybe that's why Velma never reveals that she knows who it is like halfway through the episode. Because usually she has it figured out, and she, you know, once they figure it out, she's like, oh, well, I... New from the very beginning. For I'm, these I'm really enjoying the fact that this episode is messing with you so badly. It's in. It's gotten it in makes my head, it, man. It makes it. I would give it five paws <laughs> if I could. Uh, four paws and a tail. If we can use tails, oh. apparently you've established that. So that is the legend of Alice May, but that's not it, meddling kids, because we're adding a new segment to the show, and uh, it's a work in progress. Um. It doesn't have a name yet. Uh, Pop name Chris wants it to be called Scurvy Derps. Yeah, that, that was my contribution. Uh, Daniel likes that name. Uh, maybe you want to help us out. But basically, every every uh, podcast, we want to also shine a light on a Scooby-Doo ripoff or homage TV series. Or Scurvy Derp. Or Scurvy Derps that uh, came after Scooby-Doo that definitely followed the exact same formula. This is not an indication of quality of said show. Just the quality varies wildly. Some yes. of these are great, some of these are terrible, but there are a lot of Scooby Doo ripoffs. That was very Casey Kasem of you. There are a lot of <laughs> Scooby Doo ripoffs in a world with full of Scooby Doo ripoffs. And the first, I'm going in chronological order, by the way. So this episode, we're going to spotlight something that I love Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah, long tail. Here we go. Yeah. Long tails and ears for hats. Guitars and sharps and flats. Mean, sweet, groovy songs. You're invited. Come along. Oh, hurry, hurry. Ah. You know, all it takes is a great theme song to suck you in. And that was a great theme song. Now, Josie and the Pussycats um, debuted right after Scooby-Doo. Almost a year after the success of Scooby-Doo. Now, Josie and the Pussycats is part of the Archie universe, Archie Comics. Um, And we established in our 50th anniversary podcast that Scooby-Doo was inspired by the original Archie's cartoon with uh, the band aspect and the dog aspect. So Hanna-Barbera went to Filmation and uh, Archie Comics and said, you know, we want to do this show. So was Josie and the Pussycats already a part of the Archie yes. universe? Okay. Some of them were. Josie was and uh, and Melody was, but a few of the characters would come along later. Okay. So CBS uh, wanted another band that could have hit songs like Archie uh-huh. with their Sugar Sugar song. So they greenlit it, and uh, all of a sudden... We have uh, Josie the Pussycats the cartoon in 1970, late 69, early 70. Uh, we have Josie McCoy, uh, who is the lead singer of the group, voiced by Janet Waldo, who is the voice of everybody. Yeah, that name sounds very familiar. She did any Hanna-Barbera female voice Okay, uh, that wasn't a Scooby-Doo voice would be her. She was even in Rocky and Bullwinkle. She... Uh, yeah, Lucky, I mean, Lucky. once again, look, look, look her up. Uh, sadly, she just passed away about a year oh, ago. Oh, sad. And uh, she's Penelope Pitstop. Oh, my, okay. One of my favorites. Help! Oh, I help. do like Penelope Pitstop. And um, so we have Josie. We have Valerie, Valerie Brown, who is important because she is the first African American female cartoon character ever, ever in general, or ever. like leading. 
ever. Wow. Jinkies. Jinkies is definitely deserved. She's the bassist uh, and backup singer of the group. And we have Melody Valentine. Uh, Melody is the ditzy blonde mm-hmm. who plays the drums. And uh, her speaking voice is a different person than her singing voice. Her speaking voice uh, is a girl named Jackie Joseph, but the songs uh, is a girl named Sherry Moore. Okay. You don't know her name, but you'll know her when I say, well, you, got, you two are so young. Uh, Cheryl Ladd, one of Charlie's Angels. Oh. Cheryl Ladd was the singing voice of Melody. Oh, wow. And it was one of her first gigs before she changed her name. And then they added the Fred, who is Alan M., Alan M. Mayberry, who's voiced by Jerry Dexter, and he did a few things uh, for Hanna Barbera. Is he the manager? No, he's in the group. Yeah, yeah, he's the manager. He's in Josie's love interest. Okay, yeah, and technically, I think uh, Alexander is also one of the. Ma- he is the group's manager. Um, Alexander Cabot the Third is voiced by Casey Kasem, Very and nice. he's also. The shaggy character of the show, which is weird when uh, a few years later, Josie and the Pussycats would cross over with Scooby-Doo in case the case and play double duty for both those <laughs> characters, and they're talking to each other, and it's super weird. But I'd like to see that. How close are their voices when he's doing that? Are they very are close? Are they like, totally like the they're same? Not different. Oh. <laughs> they're not different. Uh, Alan was the roadie. He's a roadie. He's, okay. not, he's not the manager. Uh, Alexandra is, and his sister, Alexandra, is also on the show, my favorite character. Alexandra Cabot, she's, uh, she looks like Rogue. She has black hair with a skunk stripe in it. Mm-hmm. And she just, she has no job with the band. She just hangs out. Nice. Being a bitch the whole time. Oh, perfect. And she has a cat uh, named Sebastian. I was going to ask, who's the animal friend? Sebastian. Or is it just rolled into the pussycat thing? No, we have Sebastian. Sebastian is the titular put- pussycat? So, yes. Uh, Sebastian is looks like Alexandra, like like Luna, my kitty over here, uh, a black cat with white, and Sebastian is also not the nicest animal, but is voiced by Don Messick, the voice of Scooby Doo. Oh wow! So nice. there's a lot of crossover here, and once again in the crossover episode, Sebastian and Scooby Doo have scenes together, and it must be him just going back and forth, uh, talking to himself. But yeah, the cat in the comics. The cat is magic. Ooh. Because it's like it's still the Sabrina universe. So gonna, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's a magical black cat. On the show... A buddy of Salem's? Probably. Yeah. No magic on the cartoon, though. No magic. Which would have come in very handy. But basically... The Arguably, group, the whole series is pretty magical. Burn. Love it. Yeah. Uh, they travel the world with their rock band, Solving Mysteries of the Week. Uh just the way Man, they... I was born in the wrong decade. Apparently, if I was a teenager in the 60s or the 70s, I could have been in a band, flown around the world, and solved mysteries. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Why are, why are we doing this instead of that? How do we do that? This could lead to that. <sighs> I hope so. Anyone out there, if you need a couple of mystery-solving guys to fly around the world, uh, we have you, you a, got three we of have us a right cute, here. Uh, we have Latin a cute guy. animal friend. We have a cute Latin guy. That's that's all the rage right now, I hear. And uh, two white guys of varying size and girth. You know, inclusion. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, But yeah, they travel the the world solving mysteries just the way they wanted Scooby-Doo to do originally with the band. So they took all the original concepts that they couldn't use before Uh and just gave it to Josie and the Pussycats. And... um, so I'm not super familiar with the series. Um, is it supernatural kind of mysteries? Like what? What? What is the flavor no. of this show versus what flavor Scooby-Doo? is it? Yeah. Uh, the kids travel around and they solve mysteries. It's almost like they merge with like Johnny Quest. The villains okay. are not like some are evil scientists mm-hmm. and some you know are just bank robbers. But they're not Wall Street bankers, white collar embezzlement. There's no unmasking. There's no unmasking necessarily. They're they're thwarting schemes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, But it's not ghosts and ghouls and goblins. Kind of Venture Brothers style. Gotcha. You know, where each and there's only 16 episodes, by the way. Oh wow. There were only 16 episodes, and uh, and then they went to outer space, 
Oh yeah. All right. I'm, the show I'm, was I'm re- all for that. The show was retooled to be Josie and the Pussycats in outer space. I've always figured once I my whole shtick was kind of played out here that I would just go to outer space. So yeah, I mean, I feel that you're not jumping the shark. You're taking the shark to outer space with you. That's which that is point. so much better. And they also had 16 episodes of them in space. Basically, they're going to play a concert in a shuttle ship, and uh-huh. then, of course, it takes off, and they get lost in space. Love it. So they stop on different planets with monsters and aliens. And, and so it gets a little more out there in that. Version. And they had another yeah. animal added, which was Bleep Bleep, who is this, looks like a- This is a podcast. You don't have to censor yourself. It, it, no, that's the name of the character is Bleep oh, Bleep. Oh, okay, okay. Bleep Bleep okay. was like a ShamWow thing. Or like a mitt, you know the mitts like that you use to clean chamois? your car, the fluffy a mitts. magic car wash mitt. Kind can of. We, can we pull this up for and the audience? Had, yeah, and all he can say is bleep bleep. Well, sure. And only Melody understands him, well, the dizzy yeah. one. But uh, <laughs> so Groot, Groot, yes, yeah, very Groot. Uh, animation is terrible. <laughs> Uh, producer Daniel is showing me uh, Bleep Bleep, who does indeed look like a slightly anthropomorphized car wash tool. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, he helps them out. And I don't think they ever get home. So they're just stuck in space <laughs> forever. Uh, so there we go. We will not see uh, the Josie and the Pussycats for a while. They, they, they're gone. They're gone for a whole year. That's <laughs> That They're gone for a whole year till they come back for uh, Scooby Doo Laugh Olympics, where they join the Scooby Doobies. So I'm wondering who, what the, the, do you think the Jetsons went out and got them and brought them back, or there's a crossover in the making. Is but the Jetsons, okay. were the Jetsons were in the future, though. Right. Well, so who was sci-fi that could have gone and rescued them? Space Ghost could have. There you found go, them. Space Ghost. Okay, got it. Uh, but See, again, also again, lovely, wonderful audience. This has to make sense to me <laughs> He's within the to... universe of these cartoons. Uh, yeah, Alexander uh, and all the the other kids were uh, among the characters as members of the Scooby-Dooby team, but legal problems prevented their inclusion in the final program. So we see them, but they don't do anything hmm. due to legal issues with Archie Comics. And then uh, Josie goes bye-bye until the 2001 movie, Josie and the Pussycats. There's nothing in between? There's comic books. Okay. They uh, had continuing comic book series all throughout. Okay. And the comics kind of uh, integrated all those characters that were added. And they'd come and go, and there's young adult book series and Mm -hmm, stuff, mm -hmm. but they were gone for a long time until 2001, and they got their own movie. And that did not do very well. No. But it's an amazing film. Uh, one of my favorites. It's, if you watch, you got to watch it. I can't even describe this movie to you. It literally has nothing to do with Josie and the Pussycats. It's about consumerism and boy bands and how disposable pop music is. Oh, I, ha- I don't think I've seen it, actually. It's, it gets pretty deep with subliminal messages and their music. and wow. It's pretty cool. And now, of course, Josie can be seen on Riverdale. Josie and the Pussycats are characters on Riverdale. They're all African-American nice. now. Once again, inclusion is important. Uh, Josie's leaving this season to go to the crossover, uh, Katie Keene, the spinoff of Riverdale. Katie Keene? Katie Keene is a model. She's Archie's model friend. Okay. Like Skipper from Barbie. Sure. And uh, so Josie's moving to New York to pursue her music career. Good for her. But I'm still hoping she runs into... Uh, Sabrina the Teenage Oh, I Witch. was just going to say, I want, the, I love the new adventures of Sabrina so much. The chilling adventures Sorry, of the Sabrina. chilling adventures of Sabrina. Um, and I would, I haven't seen any Riverdale, but I'd love to see the Riverdale crew cross the, the what, the lake or whatever? It's a lake. Yeah, yeah. cross the lake over to um, Greendale. Greendale. Yeah. And maybe we will. But uh, that was a crash course in Josie and the Pussycats. You can find that on DVD. You can find it on uh, Boomerang. Oh, it and is on Boomerang. It is on All Boomerang. All right, great. Now. All right, I'll check that out. But it's a worthy successor to Scooby-Doo. And like I said, they even team up at one point. And the first of many, many scurby derps. Scurby derps. Scurby dips. Uh, whatever we're calling Skibobbity it. Bobbity boos. Shrinky dinks. You know, uh, 
teen mystery solving show plus animal. You gotta have the <laughs> with animal music. Friend. Yeah. Uh, but there's definitely a formula, and Hanna Barbera is going to run it into the ground. Ah, musical teen solve mystery would be a good name for a show. Who do we pitch that to? People listening. To Any the producers out there listening? Musical hey, teen solve Cook, mystery. Are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> uh, how much pull do you have these days? Our good friend and best friend, BFF Victor Cook. That's right. But uh, this is going to wrap it up, man. We have uh, had a blast this episode going down uh, member lane with Josie and the Pussycats. And I'll put my uh, cat ears on, maybe take a photo with my new iPhone 11 Pro Max. Burn. <clears throat> yeah. I went from wow. a 6 to an 11. Brag. No how, big deal. How much are they paying you for that one? iPhone. It's the way to go. Jeez. They're not paying me anything yet. <laughs> Uh, but if I if they want to send us some free samples. But uh, once again, Chris, where can they find us? Uh, yeah, please check us out on uh, Facebook and Instagram, you guys. Mystery Machine Diaries. Uh, look for pictures of our kitty friend Luna and uh, recipes for that uh, Scooby Snack cocktail. Also, you can catch the show itself on Anchor.fm, on Apple Podcasts, and on Spotify. We would love it if you would tell 15 of your friends to listen, subscribe, and uh, comment. This is by no means a perfect podcast, uh, as this episode probably uh, highlights. Uh, and that's okay. We're learning. You can ply them with Scooby Snack drinks. I'm realizing I say things like, but a lot, and once again, and as I've said. So I'm learning what not to say. And you're all helping me. It's like therapy that uh, no one's paying for. You know, it's like jazz. When when you learn jazz music, sometimes they teach you that sometimes the most important notes are the ones you don't play. And on that note, meddling kids, we're getting back in the mystery machine. And uh, catch us next time for another uh, mystery-filled episode of the Mystery Machine Diaries. Thanks, everybody. Unpleasant dreams. <laughs>